0: Warning this podcast contains no journalistic integrity welcome to the gentleman's soapbox So I did something this week that really wasn't conducive to my lack of paranoia in the world. Did you
1: listen to the news?
0: uh, Oh, no, no. Actually, worse, surprisingly enough. I reread 1984.
1: (laughs) It's like current events, isn't
0: it? Uh, uh, No, but it's kind of like, this could be tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, it, it, It... it us just it wasn't helpful to my state of mind. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but the, the the topic is actually a little bit. I don't know, Maybe it's different. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's all part of the same shit. Uh, I had the opportunity to a couple of times over the past two weeks to go into various cities. Well, actually, one in particular, Philadelphia uh With my wife socially, and I started picking up on something. And something, and a quote from uh, Heinlein popped in the back of my head that one of the main signs of a dying culture is a lack of courtesy. Now, this one's actually rather important to me, and I'll uh, I'll take a little bit of a step back to explain why. Is, uh, you know, I I am mentally not wired like the, like a what you would call a normal human being. I have, depending on which direction you want to look at it, you could call me on the very bottom end of the autism spectrum. You could also say that I have a rather interesting combination of personality disorders. Now, what that does is, it, and a lot of people who get to know me are surprised to find this out because I do an excellent job of pretending that I don't. And what that's come from is learning what I jokingly refer to as the rules. This works very well for professional situations because there are rules for professional courtesy. It also has worked for me in group social situations because, once again, there are rules for courtesy, and I can follow those rules. Now, I don't do always so well in just personal, you know, one-on-one social stuff because there's not rules for that, and I'm not always aware of what you should and shouldn't say to somebody. But my problem is, is that these rules are changing and it's fucking me up. And I'm and the world is not nearly as courteous as it used to be. And the things that people are insisting on are things that don't register for me. The things that you can't say to people these days. And I'm having a tough time and it's. Having a very difficult time with this. Are you sensing any of what I'm going through?
1: No, because I live in the
0: South. Oh, is that what it is?
1: And uh, (laughs) the South has a thing called Southern Hospitality. And it well, is a and, thing, but see, and it in, is in, alive in, and well. And,
0: and we've always had, even though the North has been, especially in places like Philadelphia and New York, has always had a uh, a bit of a, shall we say, aggressiveness, uh, that there was always at least courtesy involved. You could tell someone, I don't like you, but there was a level of courtesy to it. It, 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 am i making any sense whatsoever
1: oh sure we can tell people we don't like them down here too we just say we use the phrase well bless your heart <laughs> <laughs> and message received and this is an accepted format it's very simple
0: uh Yes. And I and I think what I'm running into is not just what can be said, but who would can and can't be said to.
1: <laughs> yeah, again, I'm telling you, you'd be much better off down here. It's it, like Southern Southern courtesy and Southern hospitality. Like if you if you were, I don't know, rude to a woman in public down here that is a fantastic way to get your ass beat uh if you don't hold the door that is a fantastic way to get your ass beat
0: and you actually ran into this a question with regards to this on one of the other podcasts you do but at the same time holding the door for the wrong person here at the wrong point in time could be a recipe for getting your ass beat yeah, uh, you know, oh, I'm, yeah. I, I, I'm under the impression that if you if you open a door and you've got someone right behind you, whether you know them or not, you hold the door for them. That's just courtesy, common, average, everyday courtesy. And yet I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that that can cause hostility.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I honestly, you can kind of divide it up into like a like that don't happen in the South. That's expected in the south. You know, I don't care if, who you are.
0: If I bump into somebody, I say excuse me. Now, once again, who who do you think you are? I, I, I and it's and and before somebody thinks I'm going in this direction, it is by no means a racial concept. I'm talking about everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, down
1: here, it happens all the time. You know, you bump into somebody. I'm sorry, I wasn't watching where I was going. You know, that's my bad. And and they'll they will reciprocate. Just for, you know what? I probably wasn't watching either. That's my fault. Y'all have a good day. And that's just kind of how it works in the South. Now, uh, I will say, and say what you want to. Uh, the more democratic the city is, like it don't work that way in Austin and i can't tell you why other than the more left leaning the city is the less southern hospitality is left but uh for the most part if you're down here like politeness and the rules of society will be observed although in philadelphia there was your first mistake just don't go there <laughs> like there's nothing like nothing good comes out of philly right now other than cheesesteaks, there's nothing good that comes out of Philly, right? Well, now. you know, I, I cheesesteaks and boys to men. That's about all you could say.
0: <laughs> Positive comes out. You, 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 of you won't even give him Will Smith.
1: Yeah, he can't. You can't even claim Will Smith anymore. He hasn't been there for <laughs> God twenty years. He's out in L.A. and he's Bradley you know, oh no. Cooper. Is he out of Philly? Yeah. Okay, uh, I, there I, are
0: very few exceptions. I was going right? to say M. Night Shyamalan, but we don't want, even really want to claim
1: it. I'm him. like, you can't count that. He's <laughs> like, like, more part I, of the problem.
0: I think what I'm running into more than anything else is a get-off-my-lawn sort of thing.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't know. See, down here, that doesn't happen. Like, you come to the South, that's not, like, you ain't going to get that. Um, There's... There's a a level of courtesy down here that that is alive and well and just resistant to change. Uh, Like – give you an example. There was – we were at – which may give you some idea of my socioeconomic status. We were at Dairy Queen the other day and uh, because the girls wanted – it was – this is uh, back in the summer because it was hot and the girls wanted blizzards. So we went inside to have them because there's air conditioning.
0: The the other day.
1: The other day. (laughs) <laughs> right. Another southern
0: or The other day it could
1: mean any day from yesterday to several years ago. Uh, so we were we were at uh, Dairy Queen and there was an older woman who uh, she must have been, I don't know, in her 80s, just very and she kind of shuffling kind of slow. And uh, now no words were exchanged, but she had double hand you know a handful of blizzards she had one in each hand and shannon looks at me and kind of does just kind of does a nod and and points her eyes uh, across back over my shoulder and i saw this woman kind of shuffling towards the door and i put down my burger and and uh wiped my mouth with my napkin got up and held the door for her, uh, both the inside and the outside door, because in Texas we have uh, double doors, so the air conditioning, the bought air, don't get out, as they say <laughs> down
0: here. Yeah, we, we actually do have the same thing up here, but it's uh, for the others, for the opposite season. <laughs> so the heat doesn't get out.
1: Yeah, this is so the AC don't get out. And I held both doors for her. And uh, she, thank you, young man. Yes, ma'am. You know, and, and helped her to her car, held the blizzards while she was you know, fumbling with her keys, trying to get situated, and when she finally got down in her car, I handed her one at a time, and she's like, "Oh, thank you." I said, "Yes, ma'am," and because anyone significantly older than you in Texas is ma'am, if she is, if if she is of the female persuasion, they do not do, uh, they do not play the pronoun game here, uh, especially with the older generation. She is ma'am, and you better refer to her with sufficient respect, as everyone in that store did. Uh, otherwise, you are breaking courtesy, and that's just how it works down here. And that's uh, it, it's always been that way. I mean, that's that's just southern. That's just southern thing. I've lived in Mississippi, Texas. You know, I, I mean, Indiana was not like that. Um, you know, they were courteous. I I still hold to this day that Indiana has the friendliest people on the planet. I I still I you cannot convince me otherwise. They are just the 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 most down to earth friendly people I have ever met in Indiana.
0: You, you weren't you, were, you weren't looking at the demographics for our downloads, were you? <laughs> no. Why? Well most of them come from Indiana. <laughs> You're kidding me. Dead serious. Indiana and Ohio. <laughs> it's weird.
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't. I, I but I lived in in indiana for several years and i still i still hold that they're the most friendly people on the planet
0: okay so so what you're telling me is is i'm not necessarily noticing a change in trend one of two things is going on here that either i'm just getting too old or b i just live in the wrong part of the world
1: yeah you're visiting the wrong part of the world because if you're looking for friendly in philadelphia you have come to the wrong place I, I often tell people, no, I am not a sports ball fan of any kind, you like baseball, football, basketball. Like, I don't. But,
0: but see, even that was what I was kind of thinking is you, you could tell somebody something about their sports team and, and you know, fuck you. Yours is worse than mine. And it's a friendly conversation in the past. Nowadays, you might get punched.
1: Right. Like, I, I don't do that. You know, I like, I, like, I don't keep track of all the touch runs and home downs. Like, I, I don't know. Right. I I have no idea. I don't do. I mean, I, I know what the sports are. I know where the teams are. I know what they're called because my father is super into sports. I just didn't get that gear and my my transmission don't go into it. You know, like I just I I don't. Uh, However, if if asked who my favorite football team is, it's whoever's playing the Philadelphia Eagles uh i don't care
0: hey hey around here it's anybody who's played the cowboys
1: yeah hey <laughs> fair fair game all right uh, philly, philly has no great love for the cowboys in fact i i you know like <laughs> hey, hey,
0: <laughs> hey the, two, the two different areas that i've run for as far as um the football teams have either been for the philadelphia eagles or and i'm gonna say it because if you don't like it to hell with you the washington redskins Sorry, that one's still bugging me. And the worst part about it is it's not even bugging me that they changed it. If they really, really wanted to change it, they should change it. But it's when you're saying that it's because it is disrespectful to uh, Native Americans, indigenous people, whichever term you want to use today, and then the heads of their different tribes show up and go, yeah, this doesn't really bother us. And then all of the white people turn around and go, but it should
1: can't remember what comedian it was it might have been Burt Krishner um the machine uh, I, I which if you haven't seen his stuff it's absolutely hysterical but he said you know only white people get offended on behalf of other people that's that's the only people who do that and he's like and it's weird. <laughs> Like, they don't get They don't get offended. They get offended on behalf of other people. Um, but I, I mean, I I don't involve myself with the whole like, let's rename sports teams and all that kind of thing. Like, okay, whatever. I mean, if it's disrespectful, whatever you want to do here. Um, again, I'm not into sports ball. Any ball sports really, you know, like I I got super excited, Uh, one of our our friends who who casts with another guy started curling the other day and I'm like, now that's interesting. (laughs) Like, how do you get good at throwing a rock and sweeping in front of it to make it go? So I'm like, okay, that's interesting to me, you know? I don't do standard sports myself. You know, my favorite sport is skeet shooting. You know, and clay shooting, and
0: trap now, shooting. Are, are you subscribing to Obscure Sports Quarterly?
1: <laughs> you know, I should, because that's that's fantastic. <laughs> I love I love that. You know what what do you do? You know what do you how do you spend your time? Oh, it's actually I'm on a bobsled team. That's amazing. Tell me all about that. Like, I, I luge. You know, st- fantastic. <laughs> What what's your sport? I'm S- digging
0: it. To... skeleton is actually the uh the, the scary one of those. The skeleton? Yes.
1: Oh yeah. Like that, face yeah. down <laughs> <and> forward. <laughs> I I always like uh the, the my favorite quote with some of those things is is uh, John Candy in cool runnings. He goes, Bobsled bones do- Bob Sledder bones don't break they shatter <laughs> you know and the guys are just looking at it as he's showing these accidents of people and this horrible mangling they're like oh <laughs> you know like i i love non you know non-traditional sports because it to me it says something about you right like you're not just a a, a mindless automaton on a couch waiting for john madden or or whoever it is to tell you what just happened after it just happened right and give you some kind of a name description which don't get me wrong i love john madden uh but i i i love the it says something about you that you're not standard you are a little just a little bit quirky that you like to do some weird stuff even bowling to me is is more interesting than a lot of other things, you know, like you could because you can spend all day making Lebowski quotes, right? If you're a bowler, like <laughs> even that's <laughs> nobody fucks with the Jesus, you know, like, I, OK, I'm all about it. Like it says something to me about you in a good way that you're just a little bit quirky and you like to do things that are a little bit weird that that's vastly more interesting to me than regurgitating something you heard a sportscaster say about a game that was just i don't know to me it's just boring so i love nonsense all that to say i love non non non-standard sports and the people who play them they're wildly more interesting to me like how you spend your time it says a lot about you. If you're like, yeah, I push a rock around ice with a broom. You know, like, That's wildly interesting. Tell me about that. I get in a sled and go down a tunnel, to, and it's so dangerous, and I hope might actually I die. Don't die. Yeah, and hope I don't die. It's a rush when I'm alive at the end, you know? And even, what do you do? I cross-country ski. Why? That's wildly interesting to me. You know, <laughs> okay, let's talk about that. Uh, I
0: I, I like personally like downhill a little bit better. I like gravity to help.
1: <laughs> you know, what do you do? I I competitively bass fish. How do you get that done? That's interesting. You know, like I I watch a I, I'm thrilled to death. There's a a, a father daughter team on YouTube. Uh, Jeff and Hannah Barron. And they they're the thing they love to do most in the world is catfish noodling.
0: Which for well, if you don't know, that means shoving your fist down the catfish's throat, grabbing a hold of it by the gills and dragging it out of
1: it. Now, hole. it doesn't hurt the catfish. OK, they, like a lot of people. Oh, that's cool. No, 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 no. The fish is is fine. Well, the fish they're is actually... going to get eaten anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. They let it go. They do. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, they have videos where they tag the fish and then come back, and they have tags from two, three, four years in the past. These things, I mean, yeah, they don't eat them. Oh, they let thinking, them I, go. I was thinking fish fry. No, 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 no. They let them go so that they can catch them next time, and they're bigger, and they bite harder.
0: Well, I was going to say, even if the catfish doesn't get hurt, the noodler does.
1: Oh, yeah. No, she's got, like, um. they have to put, like, she's a model. Uh, in in real life like that's what she does is is modeling for outdoor stuff and all that kind of stuff and they have to put makeup all over her arm because she's constantly bruised from the fish hitting it right from the cuz she when uh when a catfish that big and these things are like 2 3 foot big and weigh you know 30 40 pounds it engulfs her hand cuz you put your fist basically down there and wiggle it around and wait for the fish to bite you and it encompasses your whole hand and bites your forearm that's how far down these fish can bite and these these little bastards have teeth i mean they i mean they they hit you so hard that you can hear it underwater on camera like the camera's above water and you can hear the fish hit her and bite down where she grabs the gill plate and then lifts them up and they've got these horrible black bruises on their arm and you know their their motto is get bit right and it's like wow she is more man than i will ever be (laughs) this is like like a 410 little little 22 year old and it's like i don't have balls that big nope (laughs) i'm not doing it right and they go under what they there's no scuba gear or anything like that but they hold their breath for that long and this fish is big enough that if it doesn't let go and you don't have your feet planted it can swim off with you I mean, it's 30, 40 pounds of fish, which if you've never tried to maneuver 30, 40 pounds of fish underwater.
0: Well, actually, the best part about it is, is that you you see when they bring their friends along, like it takes two of them to put to bring a fish that whereas she has no hesitation to bring that thing out of the water and throw it into the boat. Right. Yeah. She
1: just ho- hoists it onto her shoulders, and, <laughs> and throws it on a boat. Right. And and, you know, they measure it and all that kind of stuff and then throw it back. And the thing swims off. I mean, this is wildly interesting. Right. These people have way more better, you know, way more interesting lives than just what did you see the game on Saturday? Right. Or Sunday or whatever it is. Right. Um, And I take the uh, have you ever seen a show called the I.T. crowd. I have not. It's it's fantastic. Uh, you, You would love it. It's a British show. You ought to check it out. There's a character uh, called Moss on it brilliantly played and he tries to appear normal in front of the jocks right so he <laughs> looks up phrases to sound like he's been watching the game right and he's like did you see that ludicrous display last night which is very generic and everybody just assumes they you know that you know what you're talking about and they describe this oh yeah I don't know it, it seems like they try and walk it in every week and he's like oh yeah you know like and, and it allows you to fake <laughs> like if you can use three or four phrases and people assume you uh, because it sounds enough like something else other pe- your sport is boring I'm sorry like you can't like you no <laughs> And he does. He he goes onto this website in the show, and he learns like four or five phrases, and he just says them when people stop talking, and they assume he's one of them, and they that he's seen the game, and it works. And I've tried, like I've written down a couple of phrases that I hear my father say, and you can make somebody think you saw the Super Bowl when you have seen nothing of the <laughs> sort. It's worked every year for the last five years. I swear. Uh, and that's, that's, to me, that's how boring like football, baseball, basketball are.
0: Well, (laughs) let's make this a little bit more exciting. Are you ready to step on a landmine?
1: Oh, great. Yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) Uh, have you seen the controversy going on in ladies collegiate swimming at the moment? Oh, wow, you swung for the fences on that. As I said, uh, we're going to step on a landmine here. For those I have seen you, it, yes. Okay, so you do know that even though, and for the life of me, I do not remember her name, that the young lady who used to not be a lady who uh, won the NCAA championship is actually kind of being passed over in the media while everybody celebrates the people who won second, third, and fourth
1: Uh uh-huh i uh i have i have seen the controversy
0: so Uh, so so really i guess and uh, the the controversy that's going on is the fact that you have people who would call themselves feminists uh and not saying they're not feminists i'm just saying that that's how they refer to themselves who are very very upset over the fact that a young woman Le- who used Leah to be, Thomas
1: is, I think, her name. It,
0: correct. A young woman who used to be a young man is now competing and basically decimating the field in women's sports. Uh, and I have to admit, considering the entire uh, battle that it took to create legitimacy in women's sports. I can see how somebody who would be a feminist would be rather pissed that somebody who happens to have a Y chromosome jumped over to their sport and decided that they were going to be the champion. Well, <sighs> she's uh, set a number
1: of records in a very short amount of time. I think she set uh, six In, uh, Ivy League records, uh, just at the championship, at the league championships this year. Um, not by just like a, a smidgen either. Um, and i i could be mistaken on this but
0: uh, uh actually if i if i remember correctly and i, and I know i'm probably not going to get this time exactly correct but if i remember correctly she beat the young lady who came in second by something in the nature of three or four seconds
1: which, yeah, is which is a lot a lot in a pool full of other competitors and swimmers as well um that's that's like a lot
0: um uh, the, the the question is, is even at this point, whether or not a, if they allow her to compete as a woman in the Olympics next time around, is she may even be able to break records set by Katie Ledecky?
1: Yeah, uh, there there there's a controversy right now whether a biological woman has a shot of beating Leah Thomas. Uh, in the near future, like even even chemically powered. They don't know if a uh, if Leah is is allowed to continue at the current rate that she's going, whether that can be achieved by a biological woman. Uh, which.
0: But but the other side of that is as a trans woman, she wants to be accepted as a woman, and therefore compete as a woman. And there's a very, very contentious and very, very politically charged and a very, very nasty debate going on as to whether or not this is fair and who we should or shouldn't be being fair to. Somebody's going to lose this argument. Somewhere along yeah. the lines, somebody's going to be treated in a way that they would be considered to be for them to be unfairly. Well, which
1: which spills over into other arguments. Okay, Uh, let me give you an example. Right now, there's a debate going uh, and and walk with me on this because it's going to take a minute. But right now, there's a debate going in two other sports about men's versus women's teams. One is basketball and the other is soccer. Are you familiar with these arguments?
0: Uh, with soccer, I know it has to do with money. I'm not 100 percent sure about the 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 basketball one.
1: Actually, basketball it's very much the same. Okay, it's, uh, you're looking at uh two sports and professional teams uh, on or professional leagues in in both of those sports.
0: Now I can, now. I'm not, a, I'm not a very much up on basketball in and of itself. It's not one of the ball sports that I do pay attention to. However, part of the argument for the soccer, which I don't think can be made for, in the basketball, is that the women's soccer teams compared to the men's, especially in the United States, actually have a higher viewership and attendance and money-making capability than the, man, than the men's do.
1: Well, they went to court. The, if you're talking about women's uh, U.S. soccer, they went to court saying that the men were unfairly paid more than the women. And when it got to court, uh, it was dismissed. They lost. Uh, the women's team, uh, U.S. national team, lost because they, upon review, they found that not only were the women paid more per game, uh, they were paid and and compensated more than the men were in general uh, wow. because of the deal they got.
0: That part I missed.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're like uh, – and and the other part of this is they were offered the same deal as the men, and they took the deal they took, uh, which guaranteed them – now, the men took kind of an all-or-nothing type deal. So if you didn't pay – or if you didn't play, you didn't get paid. And if you didn't win, you also didn't get those bonuses right so it was kind of an all-or-nothing type of situation which uh during covid the men got paid nothing because they played no games and the women got paid their regular salaries whether they paid or whether they played or not uh the women also got a bunch of medical benefits dental uh 401ks and all that kind of stuff um included in their stuff the men got again nothing Now, when they offered to re-up that deal, then the women lost their lawsuit. Uh, Women's U.S. Soccer lost their lawsuit because they found after reviewing the evidence that um, they were, in fact, paid more than the men, both per game and overall. Uh, And they just uh, re-upped or or gave them the opportunity to re-up their contracts as all their contracts expired as women's U.S. Soccer and men's U.S. Soccer. Uh, And again, the women took the... Uh, safe route where we get paid – You know, they took the guaranteed money over the bonus money again and then sued uh, the Soccer Federation, uh, U.S. Soccer, again saying that uh, because this time the men and the women were offered the exact same contracts. And they're saying, no, 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 no. We didn't want that to happen. We wanted just more. We just want more. And they said, mm, yeah, you don't rate more. Uh, and they kind of, they're, they're online to lose that again. So, uh, women's basketball is a little bit different. Women's basketball says that they should be paid the same as the men. And, uh, the NBA, uh, says to the WNBA that not only are you subsidized and the men's, uh, NBA subsidized most, most of the WNBA, uh, you don't sell as many tickets. Your games aren't as exciting. People don't want to go to them. And
0: uh... well, you can, you can leave out the your games aren't exciting. And people don't want to go to them. just say you don't have the same level of viewership and attendance. Therefore, you don't make as much money. Therefore, you don't get paid as much money
1: right which is entirely unacceptable to the WNBA they're like no our, our games are just as exciting and we're just as good and when you watch and they always do this they like show you highlights of the NBA like doing all these fantastic dunks and shots and all that kind of stuff and then they show you clips of the N- WNBA like missing every freaking shot they have and it's and they're you know and the the women so uh, say you know oh that's just because the men can dunk and we can't um and it's just it what it comes down to is as you have succinctly said there just isn't as big a market for the WNBA. it doesn't sell tickets and
0: and and i would postulate and i this may be a hundred percent besides the point that there is a reason why women's soccer, especially here in the United States, where we like our violence, actually does better than men's. That's because, whereas we're talking about in women's basketball, that a lot of times the women can't perform in the same way as the men can, in women's soccer, they are brutal, whereas the men are wusses.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they, they play pretty hard. You know uh, uh, Yeah, I
0: mean, you, you you bump into a male soccer player and he's going to roll on the ground and cry until he realizes nobody's watching. Then he's going to get up and walk away. Whereas women will grab each other by the ponytail, throw themselves to the ground, and keep playing.
1: Yeah, I've seen women be cleated in the middle. Of, they got blood running down their calf and stuff. And I'm like, wow, she is more man than I will ever be. You know, like. I, I,
0: so so once again, at least in the United States, where we like our violence raw. Uh, I can see how women's soccer actually does better than men's. And honestly, you know, like, I like watching Alex Morgan play. I mean, she's
1: fantastic. And I, I she's uh, like, we watched the Disney special on, you know, like becoming Alex Morgan. And it's like, wow, she has a fantastic talent. She's really good at stuff. I mean, and of course they got the pants beat off of them in the Olympics. <laughs> but um, it's like, I can understand Women are having trouble um, competing uh, on a financial level with the men because, you know, people will pay to see men play and maybe not necessarily. And and I
0: know. and I don't know if this is going where you were going or not. But then it but with all of that little bit, well, all of that little bit with that bit of hostility going on in there, I can see how, uh, you know, double X chromosome women would be upset that somebody who was born with that Y chromosome said, you know what, we've got all the uh, money and all that over here and I'm going to tell them to take yours too.
1: Yeah, there's, I can see where there'd be some animosity there. I can also see for the history of their respective sports Women's sports have not, got for the exception of women's volleyball, beach volleyball, they are pretty much universally paid less and paid less attention to than men's well, and, of the and, same sports.
0: And I promise you there's a volleyball player out there who's going to get pissed at me when I say this, but let's be honest, women's beach volleyball, no one is watching where the ball is going.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, and I, you know, it's, is it bad? Yeah, probably. But you know what? ESPN2 made their living for quite a few years on women's beach volleyball. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, all right, like you can call it whatever you want to. I'm just saying how it is and whether that's wrong or right. That's just how it is. Now, generally speaking, when you talk about women's sports, they have crawled over broken glass to get every bit of whatever it is that they've gotten and they're still fighting now be wherever you are on that spectrum whatever they deserve whatever they don't the women's teams have fought hard for decades to get whatever it is they have and whether that's that fight is is fair or unfair in some sports or or wherever it is they really have tried as hard as they can to get whatever they have. And, and they, some of them at least feel that it is unfair for somebody who has a biological advantage over them to come in and sweep their sport because now I'm not going to weigh in on this one way or the other, but I have heard both sides of this fence where they're, they're saying like, yeah, but, biologically we can't compete with that and if you allow that to go to a pro level we're going to have a team that is full of these types of athletes and you can kind of see their argument on one side you know like and on the other side you got this this entirety of of people saying like they and this is like the WNBA is famous for doing this like we can beat any male man team out there men's team out there and it's like
0: uh, no you can't yeah if lebron if lebron puts on a dress he's going to score he's 3000 points a game
1: he's going to slaughter you okay there's a reason why They divide them up between men and the women because, honestly, and I I know this is not popular to say, and I'll go ahead and say it and go on record as saying it, men are stronger and faster. If you take your best female and your best male athlete.
0: We'll qualify. We'll say on average.
1: On average, the men are going to have a strength and speed advantage over women when you talk about athletics. They just kind of are. So that's why you have women's athletics and men's athletics, because if the women had to try out for the men's team, you would have no women's athletics. Period. I mean, that's just kind of true. I mean, the guys can jump faster, they can run faster, they can do it for longer, and they are stronger. They just are. Um, Even Venus Williams and Serena Williams say, like, look, no, we do not want to face men's tennis we would get slaughtered it would be 10-0 10-0 or you know just out i mean it's just be ridiculously a blowout um because that's there's a there's a biological advantage that men have in athletics this is this may be the only area where men have a a an advantage unilaterally okay but it is and it's stupid to ignore that. It's stupid to say that it doesn't exist because it kinda does. And I I I I understand that somewhere in there there has to be a a place or, or a spot for people who are transgender to compete. I I don't know and I don't know the answer to this, okay? I don't know what the answer is. Whether you know, you make a special team for it, or maybe you have to compete based on your biology. I, I don't know. Well, but uh,
0: part, part, uh, I think what we're running into is something that you and I have talked about before, which is, and, and it's even to some extent what we were talking about on in uh, the previous cast we recorded today, where it's something that the discussion can't be had because there are certain things that uh, that are objective realities that you're simply not allowed to say. In that discussion, somewhere along the line, you're going to make a statement of an objective reality that someone is going to take offense to, and the conversation is over.
1: Yeah, now you're done. Now you're arguing about social things, like social justice type stuff, right? And, and I, we can't, like you're saying, we can't have that conversation in today's society. And, like, I, I'm doing a bad job of saying, I don't know what the answer is. I, I can see the point of transgender athletes and I can see the point of of women's athletes saying this isn't fair. They have a biological advantage over us that we can't compete with. And I can see both points like you're telling me I can't compete because I'm transgender. Well, OK. And you're telling, you know, the, the here's the women going. It's not fair. That's a, you know, biologically a dude. He's going to kill us, you know, or she's going to kill us. I, I don't know what the answer is here. I I can see the problem. I don't I, I don't know what the solution is. Uh, uh...
0: Once again, the solution is underneath a conversation that can't be had, because even, you know, the reason why I started this saying that let's step on a landmine is there are comments that both you and I have made that may or may not be considered objective fact. Now, some people are going to say, yes, they are. Some people are going to say, no, they're not. But there are statements that cannot be made without you being shouted out of the room by somebody.
1: Oh, yeah. somebody's going to be wildly upset about some of the things we've said, maybe all of the things we've said here. Um,
0: and, and, no. and, the, and the point, I guess, I'm trying to make with all of this is is the fact that those conversations need to be had. They need to be at least possible. Right. Uh, I, you know, uh, there is a young woman, and for the life of me, I am drawing a complete, total, utter blank on which college she goes to. She's a, I believe, a Regent college graduate who wrote a op-ed for, once again, a publication that I can't remember at this moment in time
1: fantastic research you're doing exactly this this
0: is the journalism you've come to expect from us uh but anybody who pays attention to any of these things is going to know which story i'm talking about which is the uh young lady who wrote an article about uh the fact that she's in college she went to college to be able to have open and honest debate and all she has found is self-censorship
1: Oh, sure.
0: Yeah. And, and the world has absolutely lost its mind at this young lady saying, no, all these things that you want to debate should not be discussed. How can we have a functioning society if there are things of that nature that can't even be discussed?
1: Yeah. I, I, how do we move forward if the subjects are so, so taboo and dangerous that we can, they can't even
0: be talked about? Well, I don't, I don't know how we do that. But see, there's, there, and the problem you run into is, is that you will always have somebody who will take that statement to an extreme. Uh, and what I'm saying is, is that you'll have somebody who sit there and go, well, if you wanted to talk about having another Holocaust, we can't have that conversation. And it's kind of like, you're right, we can't, there's a line somewhere. Do I know where it is? No. But at the same time, we can't even discuss where the line is.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I I follow uh, I think is I think it was Anthony Hopkins in the Second Continental Congress uh, said, you know, I've never seen, heard, or smelled a topic so dangerous it couldn't even be talked about. Hell yes, I'm for debating anything. You know, uh, I uh, which was also immortalized in the uh, 1970s musical 1776. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know of any other way to deal with this stuff other than to have the conversation, you know, and yeah, it may be sticky and we may step on each other's dicks and, and just kind of fall all over ourselves, but wouldn't it just be easier to kind of source this or, you know, sort it out and kind of source your, your, your arguments and, and, And yeah, there's going to be people who wildly agree with you and or wildly disagree with you as well. And let's figure this out, you know, so we can all come to a place where we can go, okay. this is where it is for now. And let's try that. And instead of just being shouted out of the room and be called, you know, be called an ist of some sort, a supremacist, a racist or, you know, a a whatever it is, ist or an ism or or whatever it is, they just start screaming that at the top of their lungs anytime you mention something that doesn't agree with one side or the other. And I, I just don't think that gets us
0: any further, you know. But it's, it's not just coming from athletics. It's not just coming no, from... No, no, no. It's coming from all kinds of places. Well, no, but but even then, is, is, is you know what we've been talking about is athletics, and then we went into some extent with education with the young woman who wanted to write the article about going to college. But it's also coming from our lawmakers. You know, you've got... Um, uh, the the pleasant young woman from Brooklyn, New York, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, or AOC as they like to call her, who's complaining about the fact that we have so much that the FBI has to spend so much time uh, investigating right wing domestic terrorism. Have, we've talked about it before. Have you you've seen what the, their definition of domestic terrorism is?
1: Yeah, technically the show you're listening to right now is domestic terrorism. Because we under, disagree with the narrative.
0: Exactly. So uh, so once again, if you're going to take people who have a different view of the world than you do and label them not just as wrong, not just as awful, but terrorists.
1: Yeah. And if you don't believe us, by the way, you can go look up the, uh, the statement. I think it's the latest statement from, from the Department of Homeland Security. It's,
0: it's literally on their website.
1: Yeah, if you 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 look at their
0: latest bulletin.
1: Yeah, anything that disagrees with what they say is true is domestic terrorism. That's how they label it now. It's in black. They wrote it. I'm like, wow, our show is domestic terrorism. That is amazing. (laughs) Wow. And and I know that they're like, oh, that's not the spirit of it. I'm like, yeah,
0: but that's what you wrote. (laughs) Holy crap, man. (laughs) I, I think what a lot of people are, seem to forget is it, when when they put something like that on paper, and then somebody like you or I goes, but it's written right there, and people say that's not the spirit of it. That's not what they're going to do. But once it's actually put down on paper in that fashion, it can be enforced exactly. And they may way. not do it today. Somewhere along the line, somebody's going to go, hey, but another look yeah, at a, that, another regime might. You know, you know. I, you know, you you uh, everybody wondered, uh, you know, why, even if I thought that he had some responsibility for January 6th, that I didn't think it was a good idea to try and impeach Trump a second time, especially after he was out of office. And the reason being is, is we're setting that precedent that it's it's OK to just impeach a president because you disagree with him. Uh, do, do you really think that if the republicans win both house and house and senate that they're not going to make an attempt to impeach biden
1: yeah oh as soon as they get the chance
0: because you set the precedent, they can do it now legally because you did it before not like that but they set the precedent that they can decide for themselves whether or not it's constitutional oh my god i'm like you freaking idiots the minute you do
1: that you tell the other side it's now legal I, and I, and this is this is the part that we are so short-sighted <laughs> right now as a society and, and and in our government, you know. And and you have said this many times. You're like, oh no, no, they're not. Uh, you know, I assign it to like this this great cruelty of of forethought. And you're like, no, 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 dude. <laughs> You've told me this many times. You're like, no, 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 no it's just short-sighted stupidity they're not thinking it's not a great plan they're just stupid you know and i'm like i can't be that
0: as with most things i tend to attribute things to different quotes that i've either read or heard whether it be in novels uh history movies or whatever and every time you have the question of which is more frightening to you stupidity or evil And to me, and I agree with just about everybody who's ever said that, is stupidity is so much more terrifying than evil, because stupidity is so much more prevalent, and it's so much more difficult to combat. You can combat evil. You can look at somebody and say, that is evil, and combat it.
1: Let's all rally the troops so that we can defeat this evil. Yeah, that's very easy.
0: But he's just an idiot.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's tougher. That is tougher. And, and,
0: and, and it is, and it is, in a lot of this stuff, as you said, is very, very, very short-sighted. It's a lot of people saying, what can I, what do I need to do for myself right now? Versus who else is going to have access to this in the future? And uh, how are they going to use it? And if you look at, because, I'll, and the thing that's kind of scaring me is, is that I've been doing this more than I've done in the past, which is to read a little bit further you, you look at a lot of these like laws and stuff of that nature that they're proposing and on the surface it looks oh this oh, obviously you'd agree to this you know but at the same time you get three or four paragraphs below that and it's kind of like whoa, whoa a does that actually have anything to do with what we're talking about and b did nobody notice this <laughs> nobody saw it
1: yeah you know? Yeah, I, I, it's it's very strange. It's very strange to me. So, and then when you roll it back to something like, like this, which is uh, for all intents and purposes a social and cultural concept on on should these athletes be able to compete with these other athletes, you you wind up with this this. This mashup of, of social justice and short-sightedness and stupidity and, and name-calling and, and everything, and everything's done on such a public platform, and, and everybody shouts louder than everybody else, and nothing nothing can go forward. Nothing can move anywhere because we can't even have the conversation.
0: Uh, and it, and it also goes to some extent back to, or, or at least where I find some of what is tragic at the moment, you mentioned, uh, 1776 and the founding fathers. I am one of the people out there and I know it's not fashionable at the moment, but I'm one of the people out there who think the founding fathers were absolute geniuses, not perfect, but very, very bright in what it is that they tried to do and how they tried to do it because they recognized that they didn't know everything. They recognized that these conversations were going to continue to grow and continue to happen and continue to evolve. You know, the the one true piece of genius about the constitution that nobody seems to point out is that it is created to be able to evolve as time goes on and nobody's doing it.
1: no, no, they're they're. They, they, we, they want to
0: sit. Th- they, oh, what they want to do is throw it out and start over again. It's designed not to have to do that.
1: Yeah, but that isn't something that they want to talk about.
0: <laughs> At all. No, you, they they'd rather call these people racists and move on. Yeah. You know it it and really. Uh, it, it it it's such a terrible argument in my opinion. Uh. I have a hard time with the whole slavery thing. And, I, and once again, we're going to hit another landmine that I'm sure somebody's going to lose their ever-living shit at me for. <laughs> I have a problem with the slavery thing, and it's not the fact that I'm going to suggest by any stretch of the imagination that slavery was a good thing or that uh, discrimination was a good thing, that the civil rights movement was a bad thing. N- none of these things. But they've happened, and at some point in life we need to acknowledge that they happened and progress forward. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a Jewish guy. Now I, I were, first of all, uh, I have a tendency to piss people off when I say that as a Jewish guy, I am a descendant of slaves. Now that was several thousand years ago, but I am a descendant <laughs> of slaves. Um, but once again, we, we remember the Holocaust we're not still blaming the Germans for it.
1: Well, you know, some people aren't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the most part. For the most part,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Like current active Germans, you know, like Germans alive today.
0: Uh, you know, we, we want to talk about it, the fact that we want to still hold ourselves guilty for slavery. And once again, I am not going to suggest that there shouldn't be acknowledged that this was a terrible thing. But if we're going to hold ourselves guilty for slavery, then every human being in the, on this planet needs to hold themselves guilty for slavery. Because there is not a single place on this planet in which that, that does not have a history of slavery. It doesn't exist and that is one of those objective facts that can't be said.
1: Yeah, you can't. You're not going to be able because everybody wants to have have their moral superiority. Like you can't you can't get there from here. Uh as as far as is like you know righteous, right? Everybody wants to be righteous and some people don't take well to no, I'm not, you know.
0: Um, so how, how, so the, the other question that kind of goes into this and it goes into the same thing because we can't have the conversation. How do we move into the future?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's going to be tough. I mean, that's going to be tough. Um, because people don't think like that.
0: (laughs) They just don't. I've, I've thrown a lot of landmines out today. And I think if we're going to boil all of this down to something, I think what's bothering me at the moment is, is that we can't have certain conversations that we're going to need to have to move into the future. We are literally as a society holding ourselves back and and dragging ourselves down by not having these conversations.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, what, and that will continue until we get our collective thumb out of our asses and figure out that we need to start talking to each other in a real way. And stuff people are going to say are going is just going to flat piss you off. And other stuff people say is going to be flat wrong. Well held beliefs that you believe right now are wrong. And oh. but we can't all have that conversation. You know, yeah, you, but, me, everybody. You but
0: know? How, but even then, how do you figure out that you're wrong about something without having that conversation? How do you, how do you how do you figure it out? I mean, look, I, we we've talked about it before. We've got our friend of the sh- the cast, Yepix. Um, Yepix sends me a ton of different articles and links and stuff of that nature. He and I come from two completely opposite ends of the political spectrum, and. I appreciate the ever living hell out of the shit he sends me because it keeps me out of the echo chamber. And there have been times in which it has changed my mind dramatically to start seeing some of this, some, uh, some different information. It's, it's being, it's that level of intellectual honesty that so many of us just can't seem to get to. Well,
1: because it requires self-reflection and a lot of people don't want to do that. You know, like, oh, I might be wrong on this. So uh, so
0: the uh, 20 or so years I spent in therapy was a good thing? Uh,
1: one would think because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when, when people take to the Internet, they're not taking to, you know, they're not looking to self-reflect, generally speaking. They're looking for validation. And that's really what the Internet is really good at providing its validation.
0: But 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 I I will admit that I'm just as guilty as that as anybody else, which is one of the reasons why I appreciate epics, because it's it's part of human nature, the stuff that I'm not finding on my own.
1: (laughs) You know, yeah, Um, yeah, because because the Internet is really good at validation and confirmation bias. Right. And you really have to. To set that aside, if you want to look at a broader picture, like I watch CNN, not because in MSNBC and Fox and everything else, not because I agree with them, I don't, but because I'm like, well, let's see if they have a point. You know, how much does this (laughs) piss me off? Why does it piss me off? Is this true? You know,
0: actually, what I (laughs) going back to movies, as usual, Mark Wahlberg shooter, let's see what lies they're trying to sell us today. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of my own perspective. I do watch both. Uh, usually uh, I, I can't I can't stomach MSNBC, but it's CNN and Fox that I'll watch just basically if I go into both of them, assuming that both of them are lying to me, that I can find the truth somewhere in the middle.
1: I I'll admit I watch CNN and Fox first and then just have to gear up mentally for MSNBC. It is the worst to, to me. It's the worst. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to I have to turn it on. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to have to do it. And and I wind up doing that. And it's just it is terrible in every way. But but I I, I, I try because I want to see. What people are being fed, like the things I hear and I hear these, these bites that they feed people and I hear people in real life, give them back. And I'm like, I know where you got that. And I know why you think that. And wow, that's sad. You know, um, I, I I don't know. It, it, until we get out of that, I really think and I truly believe that mainstream cable media news is is a giant part of why our society is largely bro- as broken and uh, broken as it is. I really do think that because people don't know the difference between propaganda and actual news. They really don't. They look at the, the title and they say, this is what they say. And they say, because they used to have some kind of integrity, they think that that still applies and it just doesn't.
0: Oh, especially now you, you can argue it left and right on other firms of media, but especially on cable news, the idea of journalistic integrity has gone out the window.
1: Oh, for several years. Yeah. No, we're, we're talking about decades, you know, uh, ago that it used to have some kind of reputation that was maybe deserved uh, anymore. That is not that is whole, whole cloth. Not true. And, and, so. And-
0: And I will say that uh, whoever uh, Aaron Sorkin got it absolutely right when he wrote a speech that that was performed on Newsroom, which was to suggest that allowing the networks to advertise during news was the downfall of actual accurate reporting. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it is beyond ridiculous now just to to even like turn on any of that stuff i mean it's it's just brain poison
0: well for for those who don't know when the networks were originally set up uh they were allowed free access to the airways which are as far as united states law considered to be publicly owned um they were offered they were allowed free access to the airways and what they had to do in response to that was at one hour an evening of informational broadcasting which became the news um no one was smart enough at the time because no one understood at the time the impact that it was going to have to say but you can't advertise during these period during that hour and now we're here <laughs>
1: Only took sixty seventy years, but now we're here, and it's it is, and he saw it, and it was terrible. Um, it's just <laughs> it's not it's not good, dude. <laughs> oh, but um, rolling into something a little bit more uh, light and fluffy. Ooh. I, I do have a recommendation for this week oh cool no
0: no that perfect let's go uh
1: i watched this a little while ago and i had i liked it so much i had to send it to jake uh if you guys have not seen taylor tomlinson's uh look at you
0: oh we, we talked about this last week and i did went and see it and it was i, I well went and watched it especially the second um One that she did on mental health actually not only was friggin hilarious, especially if you've been through the mental health process, but uh, you basically spent the entire time going, yeah, been there, done that, did that, oh, did that one too.
1: Yep. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yep. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. 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 It's so. It's so fantastic. Um, but I I watched that one again and it's I cannot recommend it high enough. Um, just fantastic. Uh, also, I did watch, and I, I, it's a slow go, all right. It's a slow go, and beef has been up my ass about it for for the last couple of weeks. I watched Peacemaker on HBO Max,
0: much more entertaining than I thought it was going to be.
1: I did too. I it, the first episode is really hard to get through for at least it was for me. I was like, oh god, he's as much of a douches, I remember. Like, like, <laughs> I really, I really didn't know. Props to John Cena. Because he's really investing in the character. Right?
0: But his douchiness transcends. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, it's just... I, I, I mean, look, his uh, the moment he reached in and grabbed on to the love of 80s hair metal ballads <laughs> I, I I was at a loss for words
1: I uh, I when I when I saw the eagle hug him I I started to turn the corner <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like I thought I, I really thought there was gonna be a car in the garage right like the, the, what they were talking about was a car and then there's this bald eagle. <laughs> who was brilliantly, uh, uh, animated by the way. Uh, you know, the, the effects on the Eagle were amazing, but, uh, the, when the Eagle hugged him, I'm like, all right, (laughs) this is stupid, but I'm, I'm going to have to stay. Uh, it's it's really well done. I I gotta say. I mean, yeah, I don't care. Like DC is normally not my speed, except for some very specific things. Like uh, if you're watching, uh, also HBO Max. If you haven't watched Harley Quinn,
0: oh, so excellent!
1: It is amazing. Uh, Kaylee. If you'd have told me before she started doing it that Kaylee Kołko was the perfect Harley Quinn, I'd have called you a liar. But I'll be damned if she didn't pull that stuff off.
0: And I really appreciate that the writers are trying to go so over the top with it, that even DC has had to look at it and go, no,
1: maybe we should dial that (laughs) back guys. What do you think? (laughs) They just keep going more, you know, uh, just, just fantastic. I I was super impressed, uh, both with, with Harley Quinn and the fact that I really didn't want to like Peacemaker. And I did. (laughs) So I don't know that you, you, I know I keep saying it. Taylor Tomlinson, look at you. Fantastic comedy special. Oh, no, I've watched it, it like it, three it, times now.
0: It, it was absolutely, absolutely excellent. And the worst part about it is is I got myself so worked up that I have to remind myself what the hell I was watching this. Week. <laughs> 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 uh hold on.
1: Well, I got another one. If while you while you remember no, yeah, that, go,
0: go for it. That just means I don't have to edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I watched, and I was a little
1: bit late on this one. Uh, it was on Amazon, and it just popped up in my recommend uh, recommendations uh, for the week. And I was uh, cruising through Amazon looking for stuff to to watch. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie Galaxy Quest. There, it's a spoof basically on Star Trek and it's fantastic. It was done many years ago, but they, they in 2019 they made a documentary called Never Surrender about the making and legacy of Galaxy Quest. Really? Yeah, and it's freaking fantastic. It's called Never Surrender. Uh, check it up or check on it on, uh, or look for it on Amazon video. Uh, if you've got an Amazon subscription, uh, it's it's free. You just watch it. Just I, I don't know how I missed it, but they did, it was released in 2019. It's amazing It tells about how the movie was made and why they chose the characters they did and, and how it worked and how Alan Rickman and Sigourney Weaver and like it had an all star cast. Uh, Tim Allen and and Tony Shalhoub and and all that stuff, how they worked together and what they were trying to accomplish. And I didn't know that Harold Ramis uh, was the first director for it. And and they didn't wind up going with him because he didn't think he could do the movie and, and just just all this stuff in the in the. And you get to hear how Justin Long came up with his character's voices and what was going on, and and it's just it's a really well done documentary. And I knew nothing, I had no idea they did it.
0: Oh, that, that uh, I have to watch.
1: Yeah, it just popped up. If you're a nerd and you're you loved Galaxy Quest, um, even if you just saw it and kind of liked it, it's a fantastic documentary on the movie. I, I highly recommend it.
0: Okay, well. I am going to bypass what my original plan for uh, once I actually like looked into my little thing of notes and went, that's what I was going to talk about. It's a little bit too dark. We're trying to be a little (laughs) bit fluffy here today. I'm going to bypass that one. And and I'm going to go with um, uh, two, two other different things. First of all, uh, if you are a sci-fi nerd and you have yet, not yet seen it uh, and you have HBO, Watch part one of Dennis Villeneuve's Dune. It is every bit exactly what you pictured in your head with regards to Dune.
1: It really is. It really is well done. I mean, I know they left a lot of stuff out and everything, but it is as close as you could possibly get. And Timothy Chalamet is fantastic. Oh, wait. Absolutely. absolutely. Just fantastic. He is the most correct Paul I have ever seen.
0: Rebecca Ferguson as uh, Lady Jessica is amazing. Uh, uh, as is Zendaya as as Cheney. Oh, she actually, I didn't see her being as good as she was. I, she was I, excellent. The moment she looked at him and said, uh, you're going to die, but you should die with honor. Here, have my knife. <laughs> yeah, You're like, oh, that's kind of like, yeah. holy shit, that's Fremen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, he's going to kill you. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what Javier Bardem, who is excellent in whatever he does, uh, as, uh, Stilgar, amazing. Even, uh, Oscar Isaac as Lido was just perfect.
1: I, I, I mean, their casting was excellent. The, the way they, Dr. Kynes had, had the role that, that they were supposed to, um, you know, I I questioned some of the choices that they were making. Now I thought Timothy Chalamet was a lock as soon as I saw him. I'm like, that's the Paul. He shouldn't be buff in 25. He shouldn't be like this big strong guy. Paul Atreides was a skinny kid who got caught up in the middle of this crap and had no idea what was coming for him. That's oh. Paul Atreides.
0: And Josh Brolin as Gurney Halleck.
1: Yes. Um, and, uh, what was, uh, 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 God, uh, all I can think is Aquaman was Duncan Idaho. Uh, <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Oh, uh, geez. Now, why did I draw a blank on that? <laughs> Jason Momoa. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, and, and he was excellent as well. And I think he's a inspired choice for that. Not only because of a, how well he did, but for those who, have read the books uh, will know that he's the only one in every story.
1: Actually, yeah, he is the the uh, like if you had to pick one to be like a uh, like a like a returning character and wanted to make sure that you were still going to be in the story, Duncan Idaho's your boy.
0: Oh yeah, because no, well, that's I mean, the worst part about it is is that if you really want to choose a quote unquote hero for the story, most people think it's Paul. It's not. It's definitely not the hero <laughs> of the story is Duncan.
1: Yeah, it's sort of like a Lord of the Rings. Like, don't be rooting for like Samwise is the hero. Okay?
0: It, it, well, it, but it's it's a, it's a very very similar theme. You know, Sam, you know, um, the way I've always put it with Lord of the Rings is Frodo carried the weight of the world on his shoulders. Samwise carried the weight of friendship. Right. You yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, that then you've got the same thing. Uh, Paul carried the blame of the universe on his shoulders uh, Duncan carried duty and honor
1: yeah and uh, I I just really thought like this is the in in when Jake said this I was like that's absolutely correct this is the first time you've ever seen a correct ornithopter uh, uh, well,
0: uh, <sighs> My my buy in to, to this, and we've talked about it before. A lot of times, I see something in the in a preview that it that makes me go, I have to see this. This is what I'm gonna, I'm I'm bought into it already, and the visuals were what made me buy into uh, this because it was the first time. And you you point out the ornithopters. I'll, I'll point out just about every aesthetic in the entire movie is exactly what I pictured in my head. Uh, with regards to how this was supposed to look. So it, it, this really felt like somebody had reached into my head and thrown it on the screen.
1: It's also probably one of the first that gets the scale right.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, it, and even with not truly introducing... The the Emperor spacing guild, and, spacing guild and all that. The it's Dennis Villeneuve is a wonderful filmmaker because he managed to do ex, express that entire scale in one five minute scene, which is oh, the man. scene in which they have to. The Herald comes to tell them that they have to take over. And when you explain when he explains, well, we already know that we're going to Arrakis. Why are we doing this? And the response was, we still have to go through the ceremony it's still the Imperium. And then even then discussing, you know, how much it was costing just to send this, this group to Caladan.
1: Yeah. It's, it's all of astronomical. That, yeah.
0: All of that just explained how big the universe is, how much formality goes into the Imperium. All of that just got explained in that five seconds.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. Um, A lot of folks will say it's a little dry, and to do it correctly, you're going to need many parts just to cover Dune, right? You're going to need, like, at the rate they're going, trying to cover the material they're going at, um, they're going to need three, four parts just to get the first book done.
0: I I think they can – see, the worst part about it is, is I think they got through the hardest part, which is the setup, what happens in the second half of the story, which and I think they also picked a very good cutoff point. There's a lot of that very can,
1: frustrating cutoff point. It's a, but it yeah. is a
0: very frustrating cutoff point, but I think they picked the right cutoff point because what happens in the second half is can be distilled in some fashion or form a little bit easier than what happened in the first half. Because what a lot of what happens in the second half is the action.
1: Yeah, I mean, he joins the Fremen. He shows them the Weirding Way. He, you know, he starts to liberate Arrakis. All that stuff.
0: And a lot of that stuff could be done if you wanted. And I hope he doesn't do get as corny as this. But it can be done almost in montage. Well, you know,
1: a lot of the battles that they described in in Dune can have been done in a montage format because there's a lot of them. You know, like you don't liberate a planet in a week. You know, it's not like it doesn't happen like that.
0: I mean, you, you could almost, almost, and once again, I hope he doesn't do this. You could almost start the next one with one year later and actually get away with it.
1: Oh, see, I, because I want the I was a friend of Jameis, you know, like I, I, I want it, you know, like it's it's well,
0: a. But see, but see, they gave you that in his visions of Jameis.
1: I know, but still like it's a it's like this cool speech and it's like this. The speaker for the dead that the Fremen have going on, like like just because he hated you and just because you uh, killed him doesn't mean that and,
0: and you, and you, and you, you, you didn't have, learn from him. And you have to right? – well, the, the other thing is, you, is you've got to and – I, and I know they're going to because they have the woman cast. You've got Hara coming up, Jameis' wife.
1: Yeah, like he gets – like everything that was Jameis's. he's now responsible for, right? Like he – she will never be his lover or anything like that but he's still responsible for her because he took her husband now he has to provide for her uh in the tribe because he ro- he he's he took from her he must now give to her what she had now, i mean it's it's just this great and that's why I always thought the Fremen were so interesting. It's like this great way of looking at things, like, look, we're all in this together, and if well, you take from the tribe, you must also give to the tribe.
0: Well, the the, the Fremen are the ultimate pragmatists. Yeah. and and it, And it's actually part of the story, and it's one of the reasons why I don't like when people try to call it white saviorism, is part of the story as you go through the novels is that pragmatism is actually one of the things that Paul takes away from them.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, they're actually a lot closer to native Americans or, or indigenous people than, than the whole white savior colonization thing. It's, it's very much not that. And, and he, he basically brings them this, this, Kind of dual modality that that they must now live with. Yes, you are still Fremen, and you must still live as the Fremen. But you're not going to win unless you embrace this larger political scene. And let me tell you how that's going to work. You know, because I'm new to it too. But let me tell you what's going to happen. Because, uh and he says it ma- many times. Like all eyes will face Arrakis. They will be forced to deal with us. You know, and and this is what's going to come down on us, and it's not going to be pretty.
0: And if if I've read correctly, I think the choice they've got to play Princess Erolon is inspired. Who'd they get? Florence Pugh.
1: Oh, my God. She is amazing. Yes. I love her. Oh, she is is so good. But we could sit here and and gush about Dune for the next, like,
0: three hours. Uh, I'm going to throw in one last piece. Who do you think they could get to play the Emperor?
1: oh um man Patrick uh, Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> he's too noble to play the emperor because the emperor is oh, basically actually, a waste he, of space
0: what he is is too old <laughs> and that's actually the last thing i'll do and i'll do it real quick because I, I i think sean's telling me he has other things in life to do than talk to me is if you haven't watched the latest season of Star Trek: Picard, I encourage you to do so. It's excellent.
1: I am willing to say this about uh, about that. Um, if you are not a John Delancey fan, I honestly don't understand you. The man is a national treasure.
0: Uh, as much as I agree with Sean, I think one of the things I'm enjoying about Star Trek Picard is the idea that they've kind of come up with that the greatest mysteries in the world, in the universe that he has to solve are those after he's already retired. He is late in life and he is old in the story. It's so great. I, I like the fact that they let him get old and not the William Shatner. I guess we're too old for this shit sort of jokey thing. No, no, no. They let him get old.
1: Yeah, he's messed up,
0: <laughs> and, and, and a lot of the things that he's done in the past are coming back to haunt him. And not only that, but the the once again, the greatest mysteries of the universe that he has to solve are not even the ones he solved in Starfleet.
1: Yeah, and and yet to come, and and he doesn't he's 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 not sure if he's really up to it. Is really well done. It's yeah. really good.
0: But that's all I've got. So I will leave this as I do go have a conversation with somebody you disagree with. And if the world's still here next week, we'll see you then.